Frog's Leap is a series of traditional stories, legends, and personal documentaries where we'll talk about reconnecting to the land, our favorite bedtime stories, and experiences navigating gender and identity. Tonight's bedtime story is the creator's original instructions to Nana Bojo, the four directions in the Anishinaabe sacred medicines, from the book Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Nana Bojo, or Nana Bush, is a spirit in the Anishinaabe culture, known for being a shapeshifter and a trickster, and is an important figure in Anishinaabe storytelling, where his experiences were used to provide guidance and teach moral lessons. Growing up, were you ever told any stories about Nana Bojo or Nana Bush? So when I was younger, we used to like know the name, definitely. We weren't told many stories. One of the stories that like stuck with me was one that was told to me in recent years, and it was told by Ron Indian Mandamin and how Nana Bush is also a huge factor in the two spirit culture as well, or two spirit part of our people. Because Nana Bush was also a shapeshifter and trickster, there was a story of when he had to go on his second walk to relearn and understand the uh, plants and animals and all living forms. And what he understood and what he took back was that he too could transform himself because there are transgender plants or seahorses that could uh, change their reproduction system and there were plants that didn't need another plant to reproduce or and that's what Nana Bush saw from that story. I've actually never heard that story before. Oh really? Yeah. Ron went into way more detail than what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I like to say that in the creator story, Nana Bush was the first two-spirit um, being because, or multi-spirit being, because like he could transform into anything and be anything. And I felt a really strong connection with Nana Bush and all the stories, being a little trickster as a kid, like playing tricks on my siblings and cousins, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But I have a tattoo of Nana Buju for that reason because Nana Buju was also like transgender or like falls under the line. Mm -hmm. Like if if I were a spirit, I'd want a shapeshift, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that you would have learned any lessons from Nana Buju? Because a lot of the time, like I remember as a kid, every now and again, I wasn't sure what kind of character Nana Buju was supposed to be because sometimes the things that took place in his stories were like really questionable or like really on the line of <laughs> what a person should be doing. And other times they didn't feel maybe quite so bad, like, you know, a little bit mischievous or something like mm -hmm. that. Do you think those lessons would have been useful to you? Oh, I think so. In a way, I think Nana Bougie was closest to man than the spirit world. And I think he was a great, I guess, bridge between the two. I think, you know, we all make mistakes and Nana Buju really had to learn from those mistakes and grow with them. So a couple weeks ago I know that you were in Thunder Bay and you were at the Bora Alaskan Faculty of Law and they were talking about Gluskat. Did you find that there were any similarities between Nana Bush and Nana Buju and Gluskat? I think so because Nana Bush was used to also teach our youngins um, about respecting the land and so did Glooscap and in the story that I learned with Glooscap he was sitting underneath a big oak tree 
and there were birds around i think anyway (laughs) these kids came along they had no one to play with or no toys to play with and so glooscap saw the falling leaves and took the leaves and made seeds and told the the kids that if they hold the seeds and hold their hands out and stay still and respect the birds the birds will come feed off of them and so they did that and so i think like there's a few stories where nana bush would do something similar with that and teach our young people how to respect the land but still have fun you know i think you had a more wholesome introduction into glue's cap than what i did (laughs) 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 it was a couple years ago actually it's more than a couple years ago now but when i lived in new brunswick i spent a summer working for indigenous services and then the students that summer we went out to Millbrook First Nation to their visitor center to learn about the culture. And we did a scavenger hunt. And one of the items was to learn about Glue's Cap and their creation story a little bit. And then I remember afterward, because there were a couple Anishinaabe people who worked at the department and then a couple Mi'kmaq and went into the differences between Nanabuju and Glue's Cap and who was the superior superior trickster you know to be determined open to interpretation we we won't go into that debate but it was really interesting to see you know their culture and how they interpreted that being in their stories versus what i remember growing up as a kid and hearing about or reading did you know sleeping giant is the resting place of nanabush like yes and no (laughs) (laughs) so yes in that i've heard people say that over the years or reinforce that knowledge but i didn't actually know much of the story behind that yeah me neither (laughs) 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 when we were in thunder bay for the youth gathering that's when i learned more about it because all that energy that's in thunder bay good bad it's all because Nana Bush's resting place is there and Mount McKay is that portal between the spirit world and our world. And so there's a lot of rich materials underneath uh, Sleeping Giant and underneath Lake Superior. And it's it carries a lot of energy. So whether we use it good or bad, it's how it'll turn out. Have you been out to Sleeping Giant? I can't remember. I never went up to that big cliff that everyone goes hiking to. Oh, yeah. I remember talking about that last time. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been up there, but we would just go on, like, the little trails around and kind of stay by the water. But, yeah, I don't remember much because I haven't been there since I was probably 10. I got to remember how to get there. (laughs) (laughs) So, in this story that we're reading tonight, Nanabuja is talking about the four directions and the four medicines. Have you ever gone medicine picking before? Yeah. Um, To my family, we didn't really grow up traditional or around medicines. So I didn't know too much about um, picking or harvesting until it was around COVID time. You know, we're all trying to itch back into our culture and like trying to find things to do. And we heard that there was a sweetgrass patch kind of close by Sulacout. And so we would go with the aunties and we would go pick sweet grass and we would braid them and then my mom ended up uh growing her own tobacco oh wow yeah and then so we dried the tobacco and like we have 
real tobacco. I mean, I don't think we did that last summer, but it was one of her COVID garden plant ideas. And then mm-hmm. she actually planted all four medicines in this little medicine wheel yeah. tub. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I forgot which one took it over. I think it was either the sage or tobacco that took over the whole tub. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we have sage growing at the place. We have tobacco and we have sweet grass and cedar. I have never really gone medicine picking before, but I remember when I was younger, my mom went one time. I remember her coming back and telling the stories of being out in the kayak or having to go into the creeks and digging up things. Oh, for roots. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember what she was grabbing. But she was telling stories about the leeches and mm. all the things. And I was like, I don't know if you're really selling. All the good things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's fish bait. All you got to do is stick your hand in there, let it suck on, and uh. pick it up. And then you just <laughs> hook them up. <laughs> uh, do you think it was Wike? It's very possible. Yeah. I have never um, actually like gone out the kayak or like root picking i haven't done that just the traditional four medicines i get jealous every summer i have a few friends that'll go out and they'll go to the prairies or a couple spots here in manitoba and there'll be fields and fields of sweet grass er, or the sage Mm. and they'll come back with bundles of it and it always looks like a really nice time to get together with everybody oh (laughs) we should go this summer (laughs) Are there any, like, other stories that you've heard similar to Nana Buju? Mm. Or any cultures, I guess, like? Not really. Like, I remember Nana Buju as a kid, and I remember that there was a book that I would read from time to time that had stories that talked about the adventures that he got up to <laughs> and kind of the lessons that we were supposed to learn from them. My cultural knowledge beyond that was kind of limited until I went out to New Brunswick and then I was exposed to the Mi'kmaq mm. and the Willistic Way kind of teachings around yeah. Goose Cap or Abligumuch. Yeah. yeah. When I went to Finland, I got into watching history, old man shows. <laughs> 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 but uh, I had a really particular interest in um, Vikings and Norse mythology like greek mythology everyone looks into it like through school or at least maybe not everyone because um definitely not me (sighs) well (laughs) anyway (laughs) um yeah my sibling was obsessed with um greek mythology i really was into norse mythology and their god loki is very similar to nana buju known as a trickster who could also shapeshift and um was like half man half god or like half spirit mm-hmm. um and so when i went to finland I, I got to learn a little bit more of loki more than just like the books and movies um it was it was just really cool to see how similar their gods are compared to our spirits here like you can kind of make the bridge between it was really cool just back to this whole people all being into mythology do you think that's a little bit of confirmation bias just in your Uh, circle well no okay so the people (laughs) i went and grew up around because like i remember going to elementary school and history class Mm -hmm. we all had to learn about greek mythology that's what i remember so that's what i meant 
I didn't mean to like actually say like, (laughs) oh, everyone's like picking their mythology to get into. No, I mean like grade three (laughs) mythology is. So for me, it actually wasn't Greek or Norse mythology. I remember in grade five, it was the Egyptian gods Uh that I had to do a unit on. And I was assigned the Egyptian god Ra. Mm. Mm -hmm. Cool. I think it's the god of the sun. (laughs) <laughs> Let me fact check that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ra is the sun god of ancient Egypt. Oh wow! Yep. This, but that's what that's what I meant. Like, in okay, our so elementary school okay. type of mythology that you study, <laughs> and you learn like the absolute basic knowledge of each. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you use any of the medicines? Um, yeah, actually, I, I make cedar tea for my family. Whenever someone gets sick, I usually go out picking cedar, and I'll make a big pot of cedar tea for us. And that pot of cedar tea is usually good for about a week. We can't drink too much because, well, it'll flush not just the sickness, but a lot of emotions. So, like, one cup a day is what I tell people to drink. And that's just what I've been taught. I'm not sure what other people's teachings, are, teachings on are on it. Whenever like something happens, like I'll usually smudge the house or yeah, we we have, we have smudge bowls. We smudge. Um, I put <laughs> I put sweet grass on my on my dash and uh, hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not what creator intended oh. when giving us the medicine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, when the season comes and it's time to pick cedar, I was also told that putting cedar on your dash will help you have a safe trip home or journey wherever you lead. So I always kind of try to carry medicines on me um, for that reason to just like have a safe journey nothing feels better than when you're at a conference or another meeting and somebody is like oh i don't have my tobacco and you're like wait a second i got you (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) you never know when you need it (laughs) have you ever braided sweet grass no because i've never gone medicine picking Mm. or never really been around the medicines other than like going to go pick cedar or there's another swamp tea that's uh, in the yard. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever make that tea? My mom has. I really struggle with tea. <laughs> <laughs> um, it tastes like drinking plants and I really struggle with that. And that you know, for a tree hugger and a plant lover, you'd think you'd like tea. Well, maybe I just don't want to hurt my friends. <laughs> 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 that's fair <laughs> i uh I, I like tea and i like bush tea um i actually went out it was during traditional week in high school and my friend uh stayed in Sulacote when everyone was going back home and we were allowed to take days off from school like the whole week if we mm-hmm. wanted to if we were going out to do something traditional and I think the joke between us three, we were like traditionalicious or something. Traditionalicious. 
um, because I just took them out in my car and we went the back roads around Lac Sewell. And we went to one of my favorite spots by my secret Cookum or my Cookum secret blueberry patch. It's not that secret. It really isn't. But we call it that. Um, and there's fields of that tea. Mm-hmm. And so we tried to harvest some and then we kept or we got back in the vehicle and then we drove to another spot at um another little lake and then we tried having a little fire and then making that tea and it was really nice but then lunchtime came around and we were like ah it's not school hours we don't have to be traditional for this so then we <laughs> went to medium co in the res and we had poutines for lunch <laughs> <laughs> And then after lunch hour happened, then we went back in the bush because it was school hours, you know? <laughs> traditional dishes. So you're only traditional during certain hours? Well, that was during traditional week at school. Like, I can be traditional anytime I want to be. <laughs> but when it's like, I guess, a, a school day off, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did try to go partridge hunting with throwing rocks we didn't get a successful hunt maybe i should just stick to berry picking but um yeah were you at least close huh. yeah like i think we would have had better chances if we just ran up to it and, and just grabbed, grabbed it. it yeah yeah whereas yeah, like throwing little pebbles would just just annoying it more than anything yeah and then my friend ended up running in the bush for like 10 minutes trying to chase it around (laughs) 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 and then we were like i wonder if she's coming back we were yelling her name and she ended up like 100 meters in front of the vehicle (laughs) what the heck (laughs) oh i would do that too yeah (laughs) uh sometimes i'd actually like go take sticks and i would whittle them down so they'd have a sharp pointy end (laughs) i would go out after the partridge you chase them around yeah i don't know that i was ever super close i'd like to believe that i was close (laughs) (laughs) um but i never managed to bring one home successfully Ah. yep and in the fall uh, my mom's house every now and then there's usually a partridge that calls you know her backyard home for a couple months and life stops when there's a partridge around so like it's a whole family thing like my mom would be like oh there's dinner and (laughs) (laughs) you know one of us will go out there with a net or oh my goodness (laughs) you know something yeah to catch it or attempt to catch it nobody's ever managed to get one yet (laughs) we really try i can almost picture debbie being like i want to raise partridge (laughs) (laughs) And then it would, like, actually happen. Where do you think partridge go in the winter? I actually have no idea. They stay put. Do they? Yeah. If you see, like, little things that shoot into the snow. I've never seen They burrow themselves in there. Yeah. Do they sleep? I think so. Fantastic. Yeah. My dad and I would go snowshoeing. Um, He'd see, like, you can kind of tell that something shoots into the snow because like it just like goes from like a top branch and they just mm-hmm. like try to go as far down as possible like they dive into the snow 
And so my, when my dad see that when we were snowshoeing, he would <laughs> grab into that hole and see if he could find a partridge. <laughs> it was never successful, but thought that count. The thought that counts. Makes very plus comedy. Yes. Good story later on. Oh, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Brace you... yourselves. <laughs> Brace yourselves. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So as the months are getting warmer and the snow has been melting and the frogs will be waking up sometime in the near future, this will be our last winter legend story until next season. Don't worry, though. Our bedtime stories will continue. Uh, So we'll be primarily focusing on life stories and life events with other people and ourselves. Gitchy Miigwech for listening. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Here's the creator's original instruction to Nana Buju, the four directions, and the Anishinaabe sacred medicines from braiding sucrass. The creator's original instructions to Nana Buju, the four directions in the Anishinaabe sacred medicines by Robin Wall Kimmerer. It is said that the Creator gathered together the four sacred elements and breathed life into them to give form to original man before setting him upon Turtle Island. The last of all beings to be created, first man, was given the Nanabuju. The Creator called out the name to the four directions so that the others would know who was coming. Nanabuju, part man, part Manidu, a powerful spirit being, is the personification of life forces. The Anishinaabe culture hero, and our great teacher of how to be human. Humans are the newest arrivals on Earth, the youngsters, just learning to find our way. Nanabuju was set down into a fully peopled world of plants and animals, winds and water. The creator gave Nanabuju some tasks in his role as original man. His original instructions were to walk through the world that Sky Woman had danced into life. His instructions were to walk in such a way that each step is a greeting to Mother Earth. Although his were the first man's footprints upon the earth, there were many paths to follow, made by all those whose home this already was. Nanabuju's journey first took him toward the rising sun, to the place where the day begins. As he walked, he worried how he would eat, especially as he was already hungry. How would he find his way? He considered the original instructions and understood that all the knowledge he needed in order to live was present in the land. His role was not to control or change the world as a human, but to learn from the world how to be human. Wabanung, the East, is the direction of knowledge. We send gratitude to the East for the chance to learn every day, to start anew. In the East, Nanabuja received the lesson that Mother Earth is our wisest teacher. He came to Sema, the sacred tobacco, and how to use it to carry his thoughts to the Creator. As he continued exploring the land, Nanabuju was given a new responsibility, to learn the names of all the beings. Names are the way we humans build relationships, not only with each other, but with the living world. Nanabuju watched all the beings carefully to see how they lived, and he spoke with them to learn what gifts they carried in order to learn their true names. Right away, he began to feel more at home and was not lonely anymore when he could call others by name and they called out to him when he passed. Bonjour, still our greeting to one another today. 
After his eastern journey, Nanabush's footsteps took him to the south, Jawanang, the land of birth and growth. From the south comes the green that covers the world in spring, carried on the warm winds. There, cedar, kijik, the sacred plant of the south, shared her teachings with him. Her branches are medicine that purify and protect life within her embrace. He carried Kijik with him to remind him to protect life on earth. Nanabuju also had the task to learn how to live apart from his elder brothers and sisters. When he needed food, he noticed what the animals were eating and copied them. Heron taught him to gather wild rice. Beaver showed him how to make an axe. Grandmother spiders and her web taught him how to make a fishnet. He followed the winter lessons of squirrels to create maple sugar. Nanabuja was counseled by many plants, too, who shared gifts and learned to treat them always with the greatest respect. After all, plants were here first on the earth and have had a long time to figure things out. Together, all the beings, both plants and animals, taught Nanabuja what he needed to know. In his journey to the north, Nanabuja found the medicine teachers. They gave him wigashk, sweet grass, to teach him the ways of compassion, kindness, and healing even for those who had made bad decisions. For who has not? The circle of healing includes all of creation. Sweet grass in a long braid offers protection to a traveler, and Anabuju puts them in his bag. When Anabuju came to the west, he found many things that frightened him. The earth shook beneath his feet. He saw great fires consume the land. Sage, Mishkodewashk, the sacred plant of the west, was there to help him. To wash away fear. The fire keeper came to Nanabuju and said, This is the same fire that warms your lodge. All powers have two sides, the power to create and the power to destroy. We must recognize them both, but invest our gifts on the side of creation. Nanabuju learned that he had a twin brother, who was as committed to making imbalances as Nanabuju was dedicated to balance. The twin had learned about the destruction and rocked creation like a boat on a choppy sea to keep people out of balance. He found that power could be used to unleash destruction. Nanabuju vowed to walk with humility in order to try to balance his twin's arrogance. That too is the task of those who would walk in his footsteps.